Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 142 of the Pika Riley podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emerson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Uh, hello, by the way, uh, it's episode 143. I didn't mess it up this time. Oh, yeah, that's me. I get the... <laughs> I got the I got the stream title right. You got everything right, but but the but the actual. <laughs> yeah, we're not editing that out, by the way. Love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this week we have a, another slate of hot fixes, more like profession and systems oriented ones. Some trinkets, uh, the dragon trinket that everybody's been talking about has a I lot can't. of not hot fixes, but new info that people have found about how it actually works. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, apparently there's a Mistweaver change. A singular on, Mistweaver change. On PTR, yeah. A couple on handful PTR. little changes. On PTR. Yeah. yeah. We can talk about all that fun stuff. Uh, but before we get into that, how is uh, how is Raid going? Raid, whew, Raid is... Uh, Raid's going. Um, we got Senarth down this week. Um Boss sort of just fell out like weird fight in terms of like you just get to the last phase with most of well, I guess in our case, all of the raid alive and then it you win. Dies. Yeah. 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 Make sure just make sure you have some cooldowns for certain parts and, and eventually it dies. So yeah, we, we killed Senarth for the first time this week. Um was uh I I so surprisingly I actually enjoy that fight. There are definitely some frustrating times that I have died. Um to like taking a warlock gate into a tornado or like trying to like try to beat that tornado to a point and like just not yeah. being fast enough and like yeah. not basically taking my time. Um, but other than that, I think I, I've really enjoyed the fight. Um, and so we killed that early on, unfortunately early on Thursday. So we can get a full night on Kurog. We got about three or three, three and a half hours on Kurog. Um, I actually really like that fight too. Kurog um, is, a, is a good fight. Yeah. Uh, it's um it's been a lot of fun to progress on it. Healing wise, it's definitely a little bit crazy. Um, the one thing that slightly annoys me, I don't know if you guys did this, because I think you're also on Kurog, but we spent basically like the last probably 45 minutes of the night actually working on phase two by by triggering it first. So we do the whole stay in, I think it's fire. You go fire and then you go into storm for one tick and cancel the ad, and then you yeah. do the intermission. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then like you spend the entire next fight only in Earth or whatever, and then the final one only in, in Frost. But so we did that. Um, but so for the last like 45 minutes of the night, we just did um Earth progression, right? To get like the timing with the ads and like the movement, stuff like that. Um, I hate it because the timers are different than the actual P2 Earth yeah, timers. We haven't done that. Um and I mean I can see why we would, but I think it also changes the overlaps between the like the one main mechanic I would see us doing it for would be the overlap between the two different like the boss and the ad doing this the rings, mm-hmm. um, and the timing for that is different if you do it in the second phase compared to the first phase. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know that that's something we're gonna do. We so for us like we got Stellar last week. It did end up being a three hour. Uh, affair not a mm-hmm. 30 minute affair unfortunately nice. um but then we started on karag just put like 10 pulls into it last week uh our weekly this week was actually super chill uh we got through 
uh, all our mythic reclear and had like two, two and a half hours on Karag on Friday. Um, And we've seen through the end of phase two. Uh, That's where we're currently dying. But we had our preservation evoker out on Friday. They're back tonight. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, what it were. What's it? Reversal? What's their uh, rewind? Is there rewind? Point? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's pretty good. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's really good for the final because I I believe if you time it correctly, it'll catch two dot tick with the ticks yeah. of damage. Yeah. So it's it's very good for like your like one of your final CDs and that. So we we were talking with our healing officer after raid, and he was like, "Well, when we have our our evoker back, these two ticks, instead of being covered by this thing, are going to be covered by rewind, and then that lets us move this revival from earlier in the fight over to here, and have it to cover this tick. So this point where we were just losing people to like tick A, tick B, tick C." Uh, we're going to have much better coverage. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, <clears throat> it's been, um, it's been, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun set of progression. I'll say on, on Karag. Um, the movement's cool. The intermissions are a little wonky, at least the first intermission for us. Um, we spent, we actually wiped a surprising amount of times to just not passing, like not triggering storm at the right point. Oh, it's that's a not surprising. Tight, that it's a pretty tight insane. timer. So, yeah, so you have a it is a 0.6 or 0.7 second window that you have to yeah. get it in. Or yeah, which it doesn't is, work. Yeah, which is crazy because I think, yeah, it's right. If you're too late, then you don't spawn the storm at in the intermission, you'll get a random one, right? And if you're right. too early, which then the you actual could luck level. into a storm at. That's actually on Echo's kill. Yeah. Um, they didn't get the dots or the, the stack of gotcha. the lightning debuff, but they still got the lightning pad. Um, Funny. So you have a, I mean, if you don't get it, you have a 33% chance of still getting the ad you want. Um, right. Yeah, that is, that is the one thing that I really would love to see like a Monday night. Hey, we're changing this fight. Like it no longer spawns that are like the ad cast time is now like four seconds or something. Cause that would make it instead of being a, you know, basically a half a second window that you have. Yeah. It would make it a two and a half second window. Yeah. Which is and, a little bit easier to hit. Yeah. Um, but speaking of of that little overlap, that, that overlap, that half second window you got is related to when the boss actually crosses the threshold from one area to the next. So his position matters. The time that you initiate the move matters. Yep. And his movement speed matters. And oh, right. That normally isn't something that would come into play. But certain new effects that have been added this uh, tier have not been correctly flagged to not slow bosses. Oh, interesting. Uh, Specifically, the unstable Frostfire Belt that a bunch of (laughs) plate people use, including me. I actually just recrafted mine. I'm using Allied Chestplate of Generosity now instead of that because that was slowing bosses. Oh, interesting. Um, what if any of our raiders have that? And Enfeeble from the Death Knight class tree, which is from your ghoul, uh, causes a slowing effect. Oh. And that one, actually, our Unholy DK might be running, and I'm going to have to like go check that now that I thought about it, because I was running it. 
but my ghoul is not up all the time. So I just like, it's up at the start of each phase and then it's, it's down and it doesn't matter because you're not doing that transition at the start of the phase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, that's, that's interesting. So that also affects Sinarth. If you ran into the thing where Sinarth does the double chilling blast at the start of phase two. So like there's a, there's a timing where you can reach the top of uh, the like walkway and then it's supposed to transition to phase two, but instead it does chilling blast, then transitions, then does chilling blast again. Oh, okay. I don't think we hit that. Um, oh. It's pretty rare, but it. Uh, I did look at my logs, and there's pulls where I got like 20, 25 procs of unstable crossfire belts in phase one, or 20, like 20 to 25% uptime on that in phase one. Yeah. Where we pushed into the last phase at like 5.05 uh, seconds, or five minutes in and half a second. But then when it's at like 40 plus percent, we push it five minutes and two seconds. <laughs> and that two seconds is just like enough that another chilling blast fits in. Oh, geez. That's funny. Yeah, that's we that's weird that they have a couple of those things. I didn't even think about the movement speed aspect of of moving Karag. I just know it, that like Yeah. Bosses just in general, I think, are always really wonky when they move. So like our DK is tanking it typically at that point. So like he was getting very frustrated with like Oh yeah, I the actual move. Yeah. Uh we're actually doing um so our demon hunter does it on pull, which lines things up so that I can do the first soak of the fire puddles on Karag with AMS. Mm -hmm. Um and then I actually take two of the tank frontals in a row. So that then when we're transitioning into the storm phase, our my co-tank, who is a demon hunter, can just like send it, just leap across yeah. Yeah. and not have the, the damage taken or the dot uh, debuff when he does that. And gotcha. that's been working pretty well for us. Um, but yeah, I refuse to do that as a DK. That is, that is like, I, I know you can, but it's so much harder than just like he just hits leap and the boss is going to move. Right, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's the other thing too is you get you get caught in like the auto attack, like the boss ghost like triggers an attack or something and stutter steps over the line, and so it's yeah. just that enough to yeah. To and since the though. timing is so tight, yeah, it's it's a mess. That's I really hope that they do something with that. This is obviously not the intended strat, but like there's right. the the like intended strat is clearly that you're supposed to do like multiple alters in each phase they didn't intend for you to be taking 60 percent of your entire raid's health bar it, yeah. every dot tick at the end of the phase they intended you to switch phases but if you do that then you have to kill two adds and good luck doing that right yeah just the, the hp values there just it's i think it's yeah it's too much damage yeah like you can i think with i think with higher gear like once we're all like 418 eye level, 420 eye level, you can maybe actually do it. But that's so far away. Right. At that point, it's probably just easier to leave them in one, right? Leave them in one yeah. <laughs> altar. Yeah. Uh, just for like a DPS perspective and maybe phase it in two, right? Don't get like the... Because the intermissions are time-based, so you might be able to push yep. like that third, that third or the second intermission and only have like, you know, a handful of percentage points of HP left on it. Right. Um, and that's like... Here. Um, 
that's kind of the goal currently as it's tuned is like you reach frost and then you do you don't even you don't kill the frost dead you don't touch it really like the only people that are damaging it are people that are like their abilities just automatically cleave like a fist of fury or a keg smash right um everybody else is just like single targeting the the actual boss because you just kill it before the frost dead enrages right yeah and that's i mean that's basically how we had been approaching it it's like it's passive cleave until like 15 seconds before the the ad enrages and then you target then you hard focus the the ad right Um, we have a sort of go ahead sorry i was gonna say that's sort of the way that we were handling it like at least initially so we have a couple of people that are assigned to it like we have a warrior that cleaves off of the ad and then we have uh, our warlock that's in is when they have havoc up, they hit the ad and havoc the boss, and otherwise they hit the boss, and everybody gotcha. else cleaves off of the boss onto the ad, and that's getting it killed right around the right time. It's actually maybe gotten a little bit too fast, and we're gonna have to pull back on that a little bit so we can put more boss damage in. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's if we can survive Earth phase with like the entire raid alive, I honestly feel like it could die really quickly tonight it's just like that's a big big question mark because we're going in we have a different healing comp um Mm -hmm. we're making a couple of other comp swaps and it's going to be you know just new people learning like the dance in phase one yeah at the very least it is nice that the most complicated part of the fight is front loaded like yeah fire phase is definitely the most like complicated thing to learn and then the inter first intermission the firestorm intermission is also way more complicated than the others yeah yeah there's two there's yeah we finally have made everybody install like the recital week aura again or like the fire yeah. that you drop because like people were just like initially we're just like just move it out of the group and then like what ends up happening is at least for us in a cu- couple points of that fight where like i think it's like the last or second to last range drop they're yeah. on like the left hand side of the boss from like if you're staring at its back and that's where melee runs to be safe but then there's yeah. also people dropping fire there from range so it's like it just became too much of a of a cluster. We'd lose a little bit of uptime there. So yeah, we um, we definitely grabbed that. We uh, yeah. we have that one, and then we have one. Uh, oh, that I need to fix. Actually, I need to figure out why it's broken. But um, we have one for enveloping Earth in the Earth phase that's supposed to um, tell you the health potion you're enveloping Earth if you get it, which is the big healing absorb that goes on something. It's like four hundred k. It's huge. Um, that is supposed to only do it after the first one, but it's apparently doing it on, on the first one as well. I'm really confused by it. Like it's a weak aura and it's set up to like do it if the boss has a certain number of earth stacks. Gotcha. But he doesn't at that point, and I'm really confused. Interesting. Yeah, it might be in the trigger conditionals, right? Because if you if you have yeah. two triggers, um it's that it might be all, like it, but I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. And maybe maybe I actually have a different version than other people somehow. Um and I need to check that, but yeah, gotcha. Kar- yeah, Karg I mean, is a sorry. No, I was I, I was actually gonna ask like how are you like how are you liking it? Basically, yeah. so I think you're gonna go in there. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually liking it, except for the storm thing. Like, yeah, that's just really frustrating. That one thing is really frustrating. Everything else about the fight is fine. Yeah, I would I would I would agree. I think it's it's a fun healing fight so far. Um, and yeah, it's uh. It's cut, yeah. I, I think it, I think it's fine. It's funny, like I've I just a mini retrospective right here. So I don't think there's been a fight that I've I've really disliked so far. Like even Sonarth with like the the 
the ground stuff. I thought I would hate yeah. that more, but it's not it's not as bad, I think, as as um as it seems. So the ground um, stuff on a monk is actually kind of fun because if you're on like regular non-ice ground and then you roll onto ice ground, you just like fire. Like yeah. zooming. It's great. Um so if you're at the bottom of the stairs and you like can't take the gate for whatever reason and you're not on ice and you just roll and you just like you're playing pinball on the bridge and then you like clip a tornado and go flying off and regret your your decisions yeah i've de- i've definitely definitely yeah. done that before yeah. i was one i think i did that, i did that in a heroic where I, I was rolling to the bottom of the stairs clip like literally probably ended my roll on the ice and went right up the stairs and then like yeah. didn't know what to do <laughs> i was like yeah. like uh and like uh, yeah so it was it was a bad situation so yeah but uh, yeah, honestly, I'm enjoying this raid tier so far, and it's actually kind of nice. Reclear is pretty quick if you're on top of things. Yeah, like the trash isn't the the instance seems big, but the trash isn't bad, right? And there's like, also there's trash that you can just like not do. You can yeah. you can skip the trash between Sanarth and Karag by having somebody sneak through and trigger Karag, and then when he resets, the door between Aranog and Karag opens. And everybody else can just go through there. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. All right, Which, maybe I'm gonna. That's like saving you like ten minutes of trash, right? It's not a big deal. Um, yeah, we usually would be using that time to like figure out loot while people do trash. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna type that in our Karog thread. Make the hunters or someone do it. Rogues do it. I did that Alexa. to go into Karog solo and try and figure out some of the timing nonsense because you can change. Another fun thing about Karog. Speed Taunt changes his timers. Oh, interesting. Alex, um, he crosses the threshold, right, at a different point? He crosses the threshold specifically from the center of the room into the fire area uh, sooner. If you Speed Taunt him on pull and don't hold him in the other area. You can do the, you can go the other way as well. You can hold him in the main area or in the center area for like two extra seconds before he starts doing the pulsing great damage and like rapidly gaining energy. And that yep. also changes it because he doesn't gain energy until he crosses the threshold into the, one of the, the elemental areas. Gotcha. So gotcha. you actually push back the first intermission by like two or three seconds by doing that. And also change the overlap between uh, his, like most of his abilities are on a fixed timer. Like his tank ability is on a fixed timer. Uh, And you can do some really wonky things with that. Like it's actually possible. I've seen some kills where they don't have the lightning ad cast start at all because they keep him in the center long enough on pull. And this is like another like super tight timing thing because if you leave him there too long, you just like wipe the raid. Yeah. yeah. Um, But if you do it correctly, you leave him there long enough on pull, you bring him in. Then you take him into the lightning area and he casts the tank frontal. In the lightning area. Gotcha. In the lightning area and delays the ad cast. So it gives you, it takes it from being like a half a second window, which you still like, it ends up being like a one second window instead of a half a second window because you have to do it at the right time that he queues up the tank frontal before the lightning ad. Right. But there's all kinds of like jank with, with those timing overlaps. Yeah, that's way that's way too complicated for me. Yeah, it's it's honestly way too complicated for us to to, which is why we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Um, but cool. Yeah, it sounds like I mean we're both 
pretty similar. You're a little, you're probably a little bit further than I am in terms of Karag progression, but we're both, we're both sort of close. Hopefully, get the kill tonight, or at least make some final phase progress um, into the ice phase. So, um, so cool. So I guess we can maybe shift gears a little bit, talk a little bit about some of the uh, the hot fixes last week and some of the other changes that came down the pipe. Um, so there were a handful of hot fixes that went in with reset. Um, and so primarily to a couple of dungeons. So Ruby life pools, um, the first boss got, um, some changes to the hell bombs damage, um, basically reducing the, uh, damage of triggering one by 40% and then reducing the AOE damage by 66%. So massive, we'll say nerfs to the damage to that hailstorm ability, um, which I, I haven't done Ruby Life Pools since the changes because I will never do that dungeon um, ever again. Um, <laughs> but uh, good, good on them for for basically sort of, I think, reducing some of the damage there. They basically mentioned that they didn't want that to be the major damage point of that fight anyway. Um, yeah. And in the dev notes. And then they also changed Quika uh, Blaze Hoof, which is, that the the second boss, right? That's the second um, boss, yeah. Yeah, so reducing the Searing Wounds damage uh, by 25% and then the damage of Scorched Earth by 25%. So slightly less damage on that boss. Yeah, so that's specifically like the tank bleed, not yeah. the actual initial damage, um, which is important because that bleed destroys people. Unless that, you have an Evoker. Unless you have an Evoker, in which case it's a non-mechanic, yes. Yes. God. And then Scorched yeah. Earth is the just the fire on the ground, and that is really only relevant for kind of pug keys somebody baits a thing in a bad spot and now the whole group has to run across fire in right, order yeah. to um you know get to the ad that just spawned or something like that so this this is like making it slightly less bad if somebody somebody baits the ad wrong and then you all have to cross fire right yeah yeah so a handful of changes to those were the only changes to ruby life pools um and i mean to be completely honest with you, i feel like while good the actual worst part about that Dungeon is the final boss, and then the the trash before the second boss. So no <laughs> no changes to to that stuff just yet. Um, I will say in a pug key, I didn't do this week, but last week I found out there were ads that channel storm clouds in like into the center, right around the inner ring of the trash before the second boss. Um, uh -huh. Because we randomly pulled those because people were dodging other things. <laughs> we got we got bonus ads. Uh, in that run, yep. three of the four we pulled, which is oh my god, I, I found out there was four of them, um, which was fun. So, um, so yeah, a couple changes there. There was also a change to some of the counts, the mob count in uh, Agathar's Academy or Agathar Academy. Um, it seemed like a not like basically just a balancing where like some mobs were not giving credit or enemy forces credit. Um, yeah, and so what it, they did was they added credit to that and then also overall adjusted what I think the dungeon requirement was. So, yeah, so. Specifically, the mobs that you had to kill in order to spawn Veximus in Alcathars did not give count. Um, now they do, and they adjusted the count requirement to make up for that. So it's like a net neutral change, but it's basically just like a UX change, basically, so that people yeah. don't get confused over the trash near Veximus not giving percent, even though you right. have to kill it anyway, so it doesn't matter. You're getting that that trash dead whether you need the count or not because you have to kill the boss to finish the dungeon yep exactly exactly so those were some of the i think the reset specific dungeon changes there are a couple other dungeon changes they put in later on in the week um 
But then also we got our first, I guess, post-race raid change, um, which was uh, the pushback effect on hurricane winds on Mythic uh, Razagath was reduced. Um, so this is sort of the pushback on Razagath that, you know, requires some specific classes if you bring classes. So if you bring a priest, you need an invoker to help the priest live, um, similarly a paladin. Um, but it's the pushback effect. They've reduced it. Um, from what I've seen, though, not a huge change. <laughs> As in, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really seem to make a difference. But um, as far as I know, priests and paladins, or priests still need evokers. Paladins are like capable of doing it by themselves now with a little bit of help from their good friend Bubble. Mm-hmm. And um, some classes like hunters that before needed specific items to be able to survive it now can do it with their regular kit. Um cool. So most classes now don't need an evoker to help them, but priests still do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so solid, some, some interesting changes. Um, there were some, a couple of additional changes, um, real quick, just in, uh, temple, of the Jade serpent. Um, so they did put in a hot fix to lore Walker stone step, which is the, uh the second boss yeah Yeah, the second boss you typically kill um they basically in or sorry decreased intensity damage and decreased um agony damage overall so they basically overall lowered the damage input or output i'm sorry of these bosses however that was done because they fixed the healing increase of feeling superior or feeling of superiority which was like a stacking buff you get on the fight um which was over i think it was basically increasing healing too much yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah. So they are sort of just a little bit less damage over that uh, over that encounter. Um, I think that overall makes the encounter more difficult on higher keys. But in your lower keys, you were lucky if you were getting the feeling of superiority on your healer anyway. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. Uh, they also fixed a couple of other fun bugs. There's a clip going around of somebody getting stunned on the teleporter down to the final boss of the Jure Vaults uh, from Thundering. Oh, yeah. They didn't take damage from it, so that was correctly working. Like They didn't die to the damage, but then the the flight path reset. It like flew them back up to the top, and then flew them back down, and then back to the top again, and then back down again, and they finally got to participate in the boss fight, and that was like a 21 or 22 key, and they missed timer by 12 seconds. Yeah. So that was a real tilter. There's a fix for that. Thundering no longer causes the flight paths to to bug out. Um, and then uh, ritual the the ads on Nerzul, the the skeletons were regenerating health, uh, just like actually the ads on the first boss were regenerating health. They had already fixed the first boss. Now they fixed Nerzul. Uh, they fixed Wisemari. Sometimes keeping people stuck in combat for an exorbitant amount of time. Oh, yeah, that was a good change. And also, we have a visual change to Halls of Valor uh, for Herja's Sanctify ability. I don't have an image right now, but it is much clearer. It is, it is yeah. much, much clearer. It's much more like circular balls now instead of like the wispy, the, the wh- like spinny things. Yeah, yeah. Things. yeah. Or easier to tell where the borders are and and easier to like not get hit by them as a result. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh handful of just i think it's been a very big focus on dungeons we'll say for the past two weeks by blizzard so hopefully they 
turn their attention to raid. Although I'll tell you, like raid wise, doesn't feel like we've hit like that wall yet. Like going back and looking at um looking at like uh, Sepulcher, like I don't think we've we're at that point of like needing nerfs to then let you know yeah. less good guilds progress, right? Like yeah. Um, I mean I feel like Sepulcher was really an outlier in terms of like amount of nerfs needed for regular human beings to progress the tier, right? That's true. Like yeah. what they in the we in the first like month had nerfs to not just the first boss, right? They nerfed Vigilant yeah. Guardian, they nerfed Skolex, they did not nerf Dalsane, they nerfed Pantheon, they nerfed Lyavim, they gutted Halandris. Yep. Um and like it felt like every week there was a nerf to Anduin. Exactly. Yeah. Some sort of change to Anduin, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we should I should go back and listen to some of those episodes. But yeah, it felt like that too. Yeah, and I think I mean the other thing too is you think about it, like we're as a group, like at least as my guild, like we're gaining item level every week still, which is like yeah. not something that happened in Sepulchre, which was like after the you know, the initial like two, three weeks, like you were basically had a static amount of, yeah. of item level. We weren't increasing. So you're still sort of gaining it as you go through content, which I think is good. So Yeah, I mean um, we are I think our typical eye level in raid is like four oh nine ish. Um yeah. And mythic drops four eighteens. It's like what's Aradog is like four fifteen, and then of course end of the raid is like four twenty four. But we're not getting that stuff yet. Exactly. Yeah. So like we still have at least another five eye levels, uh, just from like entry level mythic gear, uh, and then up to another fifteen eye levels from on certain slots, uh, from end end kind of mythic gear um yeah and of course like the mythic plus row now can give four twenty ones. yeah if you're so, doing 20s yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so the, the, definitely definitely a lot of room for growth there which i think is is good and we'll see how it plays out in the second rate i think it's always more prevalent in like the first rate of an expansion that yeah that sort of jump like you start just generally lower yeah so we'll see how it how it goes to how it goes into to the second rate. but no it's been i think just reiterate super having fun progressing we'll say yeah um yeah Cool. One other, I guess one other hotfix that they put in that I think people are super excited about if you are an LFR player is that uh, they changed some of the looting rules where you can no longer, <laughs> or you no longer will win an item you roll need on if two of that item drops. There were certain instances where if like say two weapons dropped at the same weapon, a burst can roll need on both and win both of them. Um, they hotfix that this week to, um, to basically you only win one of the two. So no longer will you get two of the same item from the same boss um and of course try and sell it back to somebody or just eat in front of them uh because you're rude yeah yeah all of our players being toxic more at 11 yeah exactly exactly so um good little mini hotfix change there um they also did uh, i think to me massive change to um they rebalanced one of the dragon riding talents called uh dragon riders cultivation which if you're not familiar, it's one of the choice nodes. Basically, it whenever you gather an, uh, something in the world, so that's herbs, mine something, anything like that, you gain a buff to the amount of vigor you replenish. Um, and it previously was like 10% over 10 seconds. So you didn't really feel it, I'll say. Um, yeah. They changed it to 400% over three seconds, which is yeah. massive. Um, and so- that matters also because the regeneration was not applying while you were in the air. Mm-hmm. It was just like your your out of combat regeneration kind of thing, like while you're on the ground, 
regenerating. So if you like flew down, picked up a flower, and then immediately mounted up and flew off, you were getting like two or three seconds of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a great change for my druid. Uh, they enjoy the ability now to not have to you know AFK for like five minutes every like twenty or thirty just to regenerate vigor, which is super annoying. Um, um, so yeah, so that is, um, I guess I, most of the major, I'll say hot fixes that went in Yeah, this week. I, I want to touch on, so we mentioned the loot change this week. So basically the issue is specifically tier tokens and weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, tier tokens were just like, I guess broken, but weapons, there's like a reason for it. Like some classes can dual wield it. So there was like an edge case that they were trying to potentially trying to handle i don't know if they just handled it wrong or thought players would be more well behaved than they were um you're muted by the way oh yeah i'm sorry i was saying no i was mouthing no i was actually (laughs) talking i was like no we're not so um but there's more changes coming patch 10.0.5 which uh spoilers two weeks two resets that comes out um they are doing further changes that will clean up the the loot rules. Um, so uh, the the specific changes are uh, fixed an issue in rare cases where players would get less loot than they should on certain raid sizes. I'm pretty sure we've run into that one. We've had some some very confusing moments where we kill a boss and it's like there should be X items for this many players. Why do we get X minus one? Mm-hmm. Um. And then there's a fix an issue where players could unconditionally roll need on set tokens. Yeah. So that's that tier set one. Uh, and then players can no longer roll need on any profession recipe they have already learned, which I honestly haven't seen come up yet at all because we've never seen a duplicate drop. Yeah. And then players can no longer unconditionally roll need on one-handed or two-handed uh, weapons if they can dual wield those. So specifically, like, like the two hand is just for fury, but everybody else can no longer uh, need on every one handed weapon for like offhand. Um, and specifically, they actually have a dev note here uh, that for that final change, the system will now quote identify if you can dual wield the weapon in question based on your loot spec. If you can, and you already have two weapons that are at least as powerful as the item being rolled for, you cannot need the item. So this is all like targeted at pugs and LFR cleaning up some of the, the space where people could just like hit the need button on literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really just, it's just personal loot with an extra step. Now we think about it. I mean, and no trading restrictions. (laughs) Let's, uh, let's Uh, not forget the no trading restrictions. That's true. Like, People are still, people in my guild still joke about the like, oh, we got, we got, you know, three shields or whatever. Oh no, we can't use all these shields. But, you know, I remember the Painsmith rings. Yeah. I remember those fucking rings. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's always been that case where there's like, there's always that one item on a boss that you just see every week. You see like, you see like, you know, at least three or four copies of it. Yeah. Um, there was the the neck was it the neck on huntsman in uh in Castle yeah. Matthew or something the the one that lets yeah. you mind control people yeah that we we used to or, see well, that that hands, like but... all the time yeah um but yeah I think there's always those items that's whatever I mean 
I think it's good on Blizzard just sort of trying to curtail the community from being idiots. And it sounds like they don't want to have like, they want like a unified looting experience across almost all content, which is fine. It's just, excuse me, it's just, it, it comes with these restrictions here when you see it in like group-based play. And then you'll also see it like, it comes within the uh, the opposite side of what made Master Looter nice, which is now you have to trade all the loot away, right? Like somebody yeah. has to like put it on their bags and then trade open trade with everybody, which is just... I'm glad that's not my job because we have yeah. some idiots in my raid. So um. we have we have RC set up for us, right? So everybody auto passes except the the raid lead that gets all the loot because they greet everything, yep. um, and it all happens automatically. And then they have to go around and like find everybody and trade them. Yeah, and it gets yeah. extra fun when you have like somebody that's already hearthed out because they're not in on the next boss, and they have to like, okay, we got to summon you back. We got to give you the item. And then you can hearth again. So, yeah, which is why, like, that's the one thing that at least we've talked about, which is, like, we don't talk about changes until, like, we get to, the, we're standing in front of the next boss, and typically at that point, we've at least handed all the loot. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, I think they're generally, they're good changes to the loot system. It's just, it's funny that, like, Master Looter was just so much easier if that's what they wanted. Now it's, like, we have Master Looter with a bunch of extra steps, so. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, so um, I guess we can we can maybe shift gears a little bit. Talk, you know, we've been talking much about hot fixes to the live game. Like you mentioned at the start of this, like a uh, little section, we do have a release date for 10.0.5, which is January twenty fourth, twenty in the U.S. or NA, twenty fifth in Europe, twenty sixth in in Asia. Um, you were right. We'll say your prediction, correct. Got it in the it. month of January. I nailed it a month ago. When yeah. the 10.0.5 BTR went up. So, yeah. yeah no, you were you were spot on. So we get that patch uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, we've talked a couple, we've talked, to, you know, all about it, I think, the last couple of weeks. It's, you know, it's like trading post. It's like a little bit more story, um, you know, some some cool systems in there. But the, I think the biggest thing is we're getting a bunch of different, we'll say, class changes, right, with it. Um, and so we've talked, I think, extensively about almost all of the class changes to the different misweaver, or sorry, different, they misweaver specs the different monk specs yeah um, there's there's misweaver and then there's drunk misweaver and then there's dry misweaver exactly exactly but yeah, the yeah. um but there was a new ptr build with this announcement and so the one thing that hasn't been announced is there are a handful of changes i'll say from misweaver they sort of wanted to cover real quick um which is um they made some changes to two spells to shaylun's gift and zen pulse so zen pulse is fairly simple just gave it a damage and a healing increase. Um, so it went from like 137% to 165%. So, you know, a, a solid upgrade to Zen Pulse's damage and healing, um, which is good. And then with Shailun's Gift, which I think honestly probably makes it a very good dungeon pick, we'll say. Um, they reduced its base mana cost from 35 to 2.5%. So okay. a full percent drop, which is really nice since, I mean, mana I think is one of the the biggest thing is Misweaver sort of have to, Misweaver. Yeah. Yeah, have, to, have to keep in mind. And then they also buffed Shao Hao's Lesson. So I don't think we actually did a full talent breakdown. Well, we might have just maybe glossed over some of this. But Shao Hao's Lessons, for those who don't know, essentially means each time you cast Shailun's Gift, uh, you proc one of four Lessons. And each of those Lessons does a different thing. Um, so there's oh, a I Lesson that... Yeah. yeah, there's a Lesson that basically will increase um, your... Um, your healing and damage to targets based on their current health. Uh, that went from 30 to 35% increase. 
um, increase your critical strike while above a certain percentage of health, I, I think it's 80%, from it's 25 to 30%. So these are all 5% basically increases. Right. Um, there was one that decreased your damage taken, increased your haste um, by 25%, up 5% from 20. And then finally, 25% um, of the damage or healing you deal is duplicated every four seconds. So that's the four buffs you could get. Um, so some increases to that. I don't think, I mean, looking at the way that we, we um we uh look at looking at the way this will proc and sort of the current proc rate, it's okay, right? Okay. Like it looks really cool on paper, but I think the idea is because there's four random procs and you can get a proc when you don't need it or you don't want it, um, right. you know, it's it's less appealing as a healer. Um it yeah. they also I mean it also lasts for a very long time. Um it's up to 30 seconds, these buffs, depending on the oh, amount of clouds wow. you consume. Um that's at max clouds, which is 10 now i believe they made changes to the number of clouds last a ptr patch um and they stack every eight seconds so it's still like a minute and a half investment for a 30 second one of these buffs right which since you can't pick it and it's random is not the best yeah, that's not that's not as enticing yeah so um but good on them for i think the mana cost reduction on um on shaylin's gift is, is going to be pretty big um i think it was already a very solid dungeon pick i think at this point it becomes sort of the the default pick on the right-hand side, you sort of drop uh, probably invokers and take Feyline Stomp, take Shaylunes, and that's sort of your your dungeon yeah. build. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh solid, good changes. They're still iterating on the class, we'll say, um, for for the PTR updates. And then yeah, um, like I said, PTR on the twenty fourth, which will be, which will be good. Yep. Good to good to get some some of that stuff in there. So again, like really happy that we're getting the uh all of the talent changes that we are. Like that they're actually iterating on these. Yeah. Yeah, which is I, I think it's something that uh, this well, I think I saw a stat. Somebody tweeted on Twitter too about this. Is like this is the quickest dot O dot five patch ever. Okay. Since they started yeah, doing them. So like me. Yeah, it's faster than BFA, faster than Legion, or sorry, faster than BFA for sure, faster than Shadowlands for sure, and then BFA. I think this one's at seventy-one days post-launch or something like that. Or no, it can't be that. It's long. barely over two months. Yeah, so it's like yeah, something like seventy-one-ish days post-launch, and Legion was like seventy-six. It was like yeah, a week after. So um, yeah, this is really good, and I mean, there's a ton of changes here, not just for monks, but across the board. So um, yeah, iteration is fun. We'll say. Yeah. Um, I will I will note like quick little note for the the non monks among us the uh, class tree for druids is getting pretty significant changes, um, and the the spec tree for guardian druids as well pretty significant changes. Uh, last I knew, horribly buggy. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, I think they've tracked. I think the community tracked down a couple of the bugs to uh, to report exactly what was going on, mm -hmm. but. Um, Guardian Druids, I know in particular, were not super pleased with the spec tree changes in large part because none of it worked. Gotcha. <laughs> and I'm being a monk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Nice. One of the other kind of things from this past week, we actually got a blue post um, about crafting orders, about professions. Um Somebody posted on the official forums um, asking, like, uh, you know, is the... Actually, this is a community council member, so shout out 
community council doing community council work uh, Finally. for once. <laughs> um, so they're on uh, Blackhand EU, which is the largest German server, and the public crafting board is empty. And I mean, I'm on the largest NA server, Area 52. Public crafting board, permanently empty. Yep. But if you sit there and you spam it, you just spam refresh, you can get orders out, actually. Like, you got to be fast. Like, you see one pop up, you click that, you hit start order, and then you figure out how you're doing it. Yeah. Like, you you cannot, cannot wait. Um, and it's, it's not great, honestly. It's really no. not great. It's pretty unpleasant. Um, so their question is basically, what, are you guys happy with this or are you going to be changing it? And we got a blue post kind of de- detailing, uh, the, the answer. Um, so uh, this is from, I don't know how to say this, Drof? Drow? I don't know. Drow. Uh, Dro? Like Dro? Dro? Dro, maybe. Uh, who is one of the devs? Um, so the, there's a lot here. I have it pulled up on, on the stream, but I'm going to like pick out some of the highlights, not read the whole thing because it's long. Um, so the, they are happy with one thing in particular, and that is that the system has let crafters make gear that is relevant to people that have access to other sources of gear it's not just like you know your first set of initial gear when a new patch drops and then you immediately replace it all with dungeon gear right Mm -hmm. this is gear that you wear even if you um have mythic raid gear or high level dungeon gear or high level pvp gear and right. they're happy with that. Um, and also, it's, it's from my perspective, it's cheap. Like, this stuff is cheap. Getting a, uh, a rank 5 of something at 418 crafted can be expensive because we all rely on inspiration right now for that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's cheap. Like, I've spent less on getting a bunch of 418s crafted than I spent on like one singular rank five legendary or rank four legendary in the first patch of Shadowlands. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, actually that may not no longer be true because I had to re I recrafted my stuff today and it took eight tries to get my allied chest plate of generosity to rank five. And those things are 10,000 gold per recraft, which is like I spent less gold on just crafting my Lariat in the first place than one yeah. craft um but yeah anyway um uh, <laughs> so they're happy with that happy that crafters can make relevant gear um and relatively happy with the guild slash personal order side of things um public orders not so much so public orders they're happy that people can get there like if you want something crafted you can put a public order in and it gets filled basically instantly. And that's good for the people that aren't crafting. But for the people who are crafting, it's not working super well. 
um, even though there are a lot of public orders, they all get filled so quickly that you have to be doing the spam refresh like I was talking about in order to get them filled like right. as a crafter. Um, that makes certain things like the weekly quest to do, you know, three public or three work orders uh, a lot harder to do. Um, yeah. Especially if you're not at the point that you can get people to send you personal orders. Like if you're not already at the point that you can like give people rank fives, which is what people want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not, you, you can't get personal orders to do it. Uh, unless you're like using an alt, which is what a lot of people do is they send themselves uh, low level craft personal orders from an alt and then do it that way. Anyway, I'm like getting off off track. Um, So there's two things that they want to address that they list. Um, One is they want to have a better way of like connecting the crafters and the the people getting stuff crafted. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, they call out that currently this is happening mostly through trade chat. Uh, All my trade chat is on my server. Yeah, it is not ideal for either party. And I'll 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 say, as someone that is spams trade chat to get crafting orders, it sucks. I like it's not great. Like trade chat on Area Fifty Two moves so fast, it is hard to keep up with. Um, so. That's one thing that they want to improve. Um, the second thing that they want to improve is, uh, quote, helping better support interactions between players who are depending on inspiration to reach a higher quality level, which is everyone right now. Literally everyone. Um, so they say, we suspect that as players finish getting their high-end crafting gear and complete purchases of other one-time uses for Artisan's Metal, they will be more willing to use Artisan's Metal to guarantee higher quality crafts. Uh, that will help, but even then, inspiration will always be useful to get max quality gear crafted. The crafting order system is not supporting this as well as we would like it to. Um, and this is something like I've talked about this before on the podcast. We had a warrior in our guild that was trying to get something crafted, and just like the inspiration thing, this is exactly it. Like they had to trust somebody that they had the skill and inspiration that they said they did. No. And they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. So they spent a bunch of gold on somebody that literally couldn't get the, the craft that they wanted and they had no way of verifying it. And it was very, very, very frustrating for them. Um, yeah. So that's something that I honestly am a little bit surprised that they haven't fit something into 10.0.5 to address that. Cause it's such a big part of the early, tier crafting like you can't even use artisan's metal to max out a slot unless you've fully invested points in that slot yeah so like i can do it in two slots and i cannot do it in like um i have the slime boots recipe i can't do it in the slime boots because i haven't done that no boots now um that sucks (laughs) Like I literally couldn't, even if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. No, the this that's the one thing that um, I think I read a couple posts of people who basically went into like the uh, like proccing like um, like re- material returns to like being able to like as you craft something get some of the the items back, which 
currently today goes to the crafter. They don't go back to the person who submitted the order. And so what what these people were doing were like, essentially they could, even with an inspiration proc, couldn't proc rank fives. But they could at least base craft rank fours, right? With this sort yeah. of material returns. So they would just cheaply recraft like whatever you wanted to try and do quote unquote an inspiration proc. But what they were doing is they were just trying to proc extra materials, which they then would then go and that's, sell in the auction house. That's scammy as hell. Yeah. So I've read, I saw a couple is, of things. If yeah. you do that, you are a bad person. Yeah. And then the other thing too is like there's there's no guarantee, even if you're not trying to scam. Well, I mean, if you're not doing that, is like that's a very specific type of scam, but scam, but there's also no guarantee, like you mentioned, where like if you say if someone says in trade chat, have rank four, 20% chance to proc rank five, right? Um yeah. you don't you can't confirm that. So like you're basically yeah. to that point trusting someone, which is why like I have not had my gear pra- like crafted by anybody outside of the guild, right? Like it's yeah. Like at least I know at that point, like if this person like can proc a rank five, I know they can proc rank five. They're not going to lie to me, right? So, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's the one sort of like social part of the system that sucks. And I don't like. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, that's sort of scummy and it sucks. But there's another part of me that's like, I kind of like it, right? Like, in the no. even if I was the one to get I mean, scammed, like I think the idea of like, okay, this is like a social system where, like, you, you know, I don't know. And maybe but, maybe nowadays the game's too big where like you can't find like the the people who are doing it aren't really never going to be found out or like known, right? Because that's sort yeah. of the thing that always like yeah. limited it back when servers I think were a little bit smaller and servers were, um, like they're a little bit more closely knit where like you knew if someone was going to be a scammer. or in that case it was more like ninja looter and something like that, right? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's I don't also, know. It's, oh, like I don't think like if if there were some due diligence that you could do as an individual um, to figure it out before like spending tens of thousands of gold trying to get something crafted from somebody. Right. Yeah. Um, then, you know, it, I, you know, all right, fine. Like, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it would be, I wonder if like the way you get around something like this is like basically being like seeing like the last 10 times someone crafted the item, like what they actually crafted. I, I think they just have to fix the, like the profession link. The profession link right now is useless. Yeah, it like shows the true. recipes that you have, but it doesn't really show what rank you can do. So like everything, yeah. if you link something to your profession, it basically just shows up. Everything is like rank one because mm-hmm. the person viewing the link doesn't have any skill or any like talents in yeah. the, in the tree. Um, so it's entirely useless for vetting somebody. You can't see like what I see when I pull up my, my crafting view and I look at an order is I can see, you know, my actual total skill. I can see my inspiration chance. I can see, uh, the inspiration skill bonus that I'm going to get, which is actually really high because I've invested a, bun- a bunch of points into that. So I can actually mm-hmm. skip tiers. I can go from rank three to rank five on several different slots um which is important because i can't get them to rank four (laughs) (laughs) um and that's all stuff that like you have to just trust me in order to get um and actually so little little thing as well um there is also like talk going around that you couldn't skip tiers that you could only do like rank four to rank five and that was a bunch of like the conventional wisdom but it turns out that you can Mm-hmm. on 
on items once you max out your inspiration thing you can skip a tier you can go from three to five it's like the top of three to five but it's it's still from three to five um which of course then breaks kind of the the conventional wisdom which again gets in the way of you as a non-crafter trying to get something crafted right makes it harder yeah yeah no yeah i I definitely think like the the information exchange needs to be a little bit better with with the crafting stuff today but i i do think like i mean based on the post right and what they were talking about i think they do like the system has been good in terms of revitalizing crafting as something you care about and want to do yeah um i will i i still hold true that like the system itself is just a little too convoluted right now yeah. where like you it's not a i think you mentioned this on a, i think maybe last podcast or the podcast before it's definitely not like a typical blizzard system where like yeah very straightforward very easy to understand just on the surface level and maybe there's some depth below depth below that but like this is like totally almost like opaque at the surface level and then there's a ton of depth below it where you're like yeah. i don't have these stats yeah. mean and so yeah i yeah. mean it it is a cool thing and i'm glad that they're at least it sounds like they're i mean based on the post it sounds like they're happy with it with like some rough edges which i mean it's fine like it's the first time we'll see we've seen a system like yeah. this ever in wow so so they did take a first stab at um at fixing one of these problems which is the problem that you can't find crafting orders like there are no public crafting orders uh and that is that in patch 10.0.5 the crafting order cap for public orders is going from 20 to 4. Uh, this does not apply to guild orders it does not apply to personal orders just public orders and the the logic as far as we can tell this is like data mined right so we don't have a blue post explaining why they did this but as far as we can tell, this is specifically to try to um, curtail people doing the thing that I was doing, which is sitting there and spamming, refreshing the public orders to just pick up public orders to skill up with. Right. And so for reference for leatherworking, you have to use spark gear to get above level 75, basically, uh, or skill 75 in your profession. Um, Two comments. I'm going to reiter- reiterate again. That skill bar barely fucking matters. Yeah. It is so irrelevant. Like, you need 500 skill to craft rank 5, 418 slime boots, right? That last 25 points in there barely factors into it. You are getting, you know, 475 other skill points from other places. That 25, it, like, matters for being able to do that craft, but it's, like, not you don't have to reach 100 skill. Um, but the only way to do it is spark gear. Uh, and unless you've reached the point that you're going to craft all of your own spark gear for yourself in like two months and have like 20 sparks to throw at it, you need public orders to be able to get those skill points. Yep. Um, so the, with this now, you need like two days worth. Um, what I did when I did it is I sat down on a Saturday afternoon and I just spam refreshed that thing and I got like eight orders and I went back the next day and I spam refreshed it more and I got like three more orders and finished it out because you need you need like how many do you need? I guess you need nine. You need nine orders. But I was actually below 75 because I didn't the like recommend the like wowhead build yeah. is like you go into BCO leatherworking in order to pick up fang adornments, which can get you to 75 relatively cheaply. Uh, but it's like a big point investment to do that. I didn't do that. So I was starting from like 
68 or something. So I had an even bigger gap to make up. Jeez. Yeah. 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 That is uh, this, this change will be good. I think to your point about letting more people engage in the system. Um, I think 20 is high. And so, yeah, I mean, it's always tough, I think, to put a limitation like that on it. Cause for when you say, four you can feels only do low. yeah, when you say you only do something four times a day, like that seems just, just low, particularly like crafting, work orders like this but yeah i'm wondering if just like from a data perspective like the amount of people that are engaging and trying to get public orders just or makes sense to yeah. try and spread it out so i mean i i do know that there are a couple people uh like there's somebody in my guild that has the one for doing a thousand public work orders yeah which is crazy crazy so or not maybe it's not a thousand public maybe it's just a thousand work orders but they've got the title for doing a thousand work orders yeah and that's wild yeah, which is just that's a yeah, it's crazy that people have spent that much time doing it. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, the, the I mean, yeah, to that point, like like a handful of new profession sort of updates and changes, even even into this first like minor patch, right? Which is again, I think we say this all the time. It's like very it's almost refreshing from the last yeah. like four or five years of like playing this yeah. game where. You know, you you have radio silence for six months with nothing but essentially PvP updates or raid yeah. bot fixes, right? And then like, you know, you get your big patches, everything in it, but but now we're seeing sort of even just hot fix stuff or you know, these you know, the point five patch actually has some content in it, which is good. So Yeah. Um here it is. It is merchant artisan. Fill fulfill one thousand crafting orders. So it's any crafting order, it doesn't have to be public, but any crafting order. So like this one of the people has Lariat, right? So they probably got it from mostly doing Lariat crafts, but yeah. still, it's a lot. Yeah, which is, yeah, crazy. Crazy. Um, I guess the other thing that we haven't talked about that's coming out uh, also that same week, January 23rd, so along with patch 10.0.5, we are getting the, cre I call it the creation catalyst, but it's not called that in Dragonfly. It's called something else, but... yeah. The, the catalyst. catalyst is coming. Yeah. The catalyst is coming back, um, which means you can begin to recraft gear into tier sets or tier yep. gear if you want. Um, system we actually remains. Know, oh, sorry. We don't know if you can use uncrafted items yet. That's true. We don't know about crafted items. Also, I don't don't know if you can use it on previously dropped items, but you should be able to. You I should feel like be. I would be shocked because like you yeah. were able to with the actual creation catalyst. Any season three gear you could use in the catalyst. Yeah, got it. so yeah, so that was the that was the thing I ran into was I had like a one piece that was higher item level than like a season three piece. So was, so yeah, so anything that drops in season one should, should be available. Um, but yeah, no, they um, creation catalyst comes in. I think we've we've had some mixed opinions on this about the timing. It sounds like yeah. Blizzard sort of set in their ways at about six weeks, six to eight weeks after uh, raid launch. Um, they will drop the catalyst right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, which is good. I mean, for me, it'll be great. I'll get, you know, a 415 chess piece here, hopefully. Um, or I can do legs. So I already have some pieces saved up that I'll be able to to transition to, to mythic item level for tier, which is awesome. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I guess just it's coming. I think we've already talked a bunch about it. About I think it's fine. I think Emelson, you're still on the fence of like needs to be earlier on. But um I mean this is coming at, at the point where we like nobody is gonna be using it to actually finish four set for us. And we yeah. unlike last 
actual progression tier. Did not do any splits. Last time around, we had like a couple people that still needed items that we literally did splits in normal in order to get them tier items. That's funny. This time around, we didn't do that, which is great. It's partially because tier sets are way less important this this tier. I feel like the balance of like how good tier sets are was much, much better. So you didn't feel like you were just like like not even worth playing the game unless you had your tier set, right? Yeah. They're much smaller. Yeah. So I think we actually still I think it's the same as last week where I said our disc priest and our one of our warriors doesn't have four set. It's yeah. still, I think, our disc priest and one of our warriors doesn't have four set. Yeah, we ran we actually ran heroic during raid this week um and got our final four piece. Um so yeah, our evoker finally got his his final piece for four piece. So now everybody on the roster has four piece. Yeah, we just didn't a... we just <laughs> didn't get any venerated drops. Basically, oh, we no. got like one venerated drop, and it was in the slot they already had. <laughs> oh jeez, oh jeez, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we um, yeah, we're we're pretty much done, hopefully, with splits for now. But yeah, um, Rish Calluses, I so I think. I don't know. I think it's a good. I I just don't have to get into it, but it's fine. It's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah. That it's coming out, and then you know, well, you'll yeah. be able to use it. But yeah, we don't know. I don't even know if we know like currency. It sounds like I think from there's at least no the currency. Yeah, you just no get the, you guys get charge. There's global charges, right? So like yeah. everybody gets one charge yeah. over the same period of time. So and there's still like so it, the charges accumulate basically even if your character hasn't been created yet. Yep. Uh, but they go only go up to a cap. You can do like four items or something. I don't remember what the cap is. There's a cap. I remember talking yeah. about this. Like, I don't think it matters. Yeah. I actually, honestly, like, the creation catalyst is barely relevant for me. It's going to be like, I'm going to be able to, I guess I have like a couple of normal tier pieces that I'm going to be able to turn into like mythic eye level tier pieces, which is nice, mm-hmm. you know. And it is impactful. Like, get effectively getting a 15 eye level upgrade on this is going to be good. But yeah, you know, it's not that important. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's not like it was. <laughs> no, so no, so um, so yeah, that comes in same week as uh as the patch. So perfect timing, as they say. So um, excuse me. Um, cool. And then I think the the final 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 topic for today is um. Really, I think it was more me than you, but I want to spend a little bit of time talking about oh, the uh, the uh, the Ruby Whelp Shell Trinket, um, which if you guys have not heard about this, um, there was a trinket uh, called the – not was. There is a trinket called the Ruby Whelp Shell. Um, there's a huge post on Wildhot about it. But essentially, it had a very mysterious text in that like once a day, you could call your whelpling out to inspect a target, and it will learn something about them. People didn't really know what that meant. The on-equip effect was like, based on what your whelpling has learned, um, it'll try and help you in combat. Yeah. Um, and so what ended up happening is the team, uh, not the team, but a group of players sort of did a bunch of data deep diving and figured out how the trinket actually works. Um, so the various procs associated to it, um, how the training works. And so WoW had did a huge write-up on it, which I think is super cool. So like, to give you a brief overview, basically the way the trinket works is you can use the trinket to target certain mobs and your dragon will learn about it. Your dragon has essentially six sort of training points or things that will learn. 
depending on what mob you select, it will learn a different ability. And then if you have, say, you know, say the same mob six times, it will have a larger chance to rock that specific um, buff based on what sort of uh, enemy you're targeting with your unit. So there's like a single target damage buff. There's an AoE damage. Sorry, the single target damage nuke. There's an AoE damage nuke. There are crit buffs. There are single target healing procs. There's an AoE healing proc. And then there's like a haste buff. And so is you train your dragon, you can basically train it to proc those one of those items or one of those, sorry, buffs more often than not um, based on how you train it. And so you train it once a day for seven days and then it'll be fully trained. And so it will then, you know, basically proc the spell based on what you've trained it. So if you fully trained it to just do the single target nuke, it'll basically more often than not trigger the single target nuke when it does proc. They're saying yeah. it can still proc other spells, but they're at a lower chance just based on the training. It, um, it ends do. up being like a one in seven chance kind of thing that you get one of the other effects after you've fully trained it. So if you fully train in the single target nuke, mm-hmm. you go six in seven chance of getting your single target nuke and a one in seven chance of getting something else. Yep, exactly. Um, and so this, I wanted to bring this up because this is to me like what makes MMOs cool. Like regardless of this, if this trinket is good or not, doesn't matter. I just think it's a very interesting thing where like you have this sort of just random text, random item that no one really knows about. And eventually people like play around with it, figure it out and realize, oh my gosh, this might be something good. It might be something cool or this is how it works. And so, um, you know, there, the Wowhead article I think might pull people off that this might be a little bit better than it is, I think. We talked a little bit yeah. about this before the podcast, but they, I mean, Wowhead sort of points to a log where it did damage equal to the the Grief Torch, um, the Torch, excuse me, which yeah. is the big trinket um, in in the raid today, um, but also didn't fail to mention that it, I think it had like nine procs over the course of that fight, which is like right. at the extreme high end of its of its proc per minute like piece. So, right. um so yeah, so a little bit of variance there, but the trinket does, I mean, it offers like an interesting view into like cool items that Blizzard can make that don't always have to be super good. And also that they can leave some of the mystery in the game, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how you feel about something like this. I'm a huge fan of like weird stuff like this, but. Um, I think it's a cool trinket. I think the fact that item restore exists basically makes this Okay. Like, if item restore didn't exist and you, like, deleted the trinket and it was irretrievable, that would suck. There's a little bit of suck where it's like, oh, I traded that trinket away, but it's actually pretty good. Um, that's unavoidable, honestly. And that you run into that same thing with, like, sims and stuff as well, where, like, you, you give away a trinket and you go and you sim it later and you realize, oh, wait, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's things like, it actually is a trinket that changed in the sim because the sim was modeling it incorrectly or, or over-simming it or under-simming it. And so this is one where it was simming as fully random, completely random, yep. which proc you would get, um, which is the default state of the trinket if you've not trained it at all. Now we know how to train it. You can kind of modify the proc rate to do the thing that you want it to do. Um nice. The one thing that I kind of don't like about this trinket is that the training takes so long. Yeah. And you can't, you cannot keep two different copies of this trinket trained to different elements, which on the one hand would be an awful kind of usability thing of trying to keep track of those. Yeah. But, switch, yeah. Yeah. 
but um like it's character bound so your character can uh only have one kind of trinket set up at a time but if you wanted to that basically because it takes a week to train you can't and sorry it takes a week to train and you can't like it 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 doesn't like hard swap at the end of the week it like continuously swaps little bit by bit throughout the week so you can't do something like on tyrannical weeks train it to be a single target trinket and then on fortified weeks train it to be a aoe trinket it's like kind of always the like you just kind of pick one and leave it on it which for keys is going to be the aoe one probably yeah pick the aoe and and you leave it on that because at the very least in tyrannical weeks like it's like not as good on tyrannical bosses as a an actual actual single target trinket or right. if this were actually in the single target mode, but it is way better on trash in AOE mode. So um, there's that. That's like the main issue I have is like it takes a week to train and that's just kind of a long time. Um, but I think it's fine, honestly. Like I think a lot of people, that's not going to matter. Like most people, even if you could do that, wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. They would just be like, I'm going to train it as AOE and I'm going to use it in keys. Or I'm going to train it as single target and I'm going to use it in raid right yeah exactly exactly yeah so i mean it's yeah i agree i think that part of it like the usability part i think if you are trying to min max the trinket is definitely like a downside i'll say but i think at the end of the day like i don't i think blizzard is just trying to it's not it seems like they're just trying to create like interesting things that don't need to be good or bad right like they just can can sort of exist i don't know yeah um i mean there's definitely room for interesting trinkets they do miss the mark sometimes i i think this one's fine though like numbers wise it's actually good once you get it fully trained it is i don't think actually i don't think it's as good as grief torch or like whetstone for brewmaster in practice um but Mm -hmm. it's it's still good um, yeah. So in chat, Wow Exemplary is commenting that you could use this to proc the Aeronog ring for uh, for Windwalker or Mistweaver, and technically, yes, you could. The proc rate is much lower than yeah. the Aeronog ring's proc rate, though, so you will not get as much value out of your Aeronog ring as if this is your only source of fire damage, which is why people kind of use Flaring Cowl because Flaring Cowl has a higher proc rate than the Aeronog ring, which lets you like get full value from the Aeronog ring. Exactly. Um, by using yeah. Flaring Cowl. I have Scovald as a caster trinket from Halls of Valor that is the same situation. It's a higher proc rate. Um, to, like, you can get that, and you can actually use it as not a caster and yeah. and uh, use it to proc the Air Dog Ring. And it's actually just, like, a good trinket by itself after they buffed it. So nice. um, that's one. But again, like, Brewmaster doesn't need it at all you can just like use the ring and you have built-in fire damage demon hunter doesn't need it you have built-in fire damage like there's a bunch of specs that just don't need this it is very funny that druid has moonfire and sunfire and they all do nature damage (laughs) so they need it yeah yeah like sunfire should do fire damage i'm sorry it should (laughs) too yeah but then they they would probably yeah i don't I feel like, well, we won't get into the spaghetti code of Blizzard because I'm assuming yeah, I mean, that breaks they, something. They need oh. it to do nature damage so it benefits from all the other like bonuses that 
druids have for nature damage because otherwise those wouldn't affect sunfire like i understand why it does but it's still like <laughs> this is the one time that you would actually want sunfire to do fire damage and it doesn't yeah yeah which is funny which is funny um but no it's 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 generally i think a really it's a cool trinket concept i'll say i'm we're still model like at least from a healer perspective um doesn't really touch like it's not a bested slot trinket we'll say yeah um even at higher item level um i mean the raid trinkets i think are funnily enough really good this tier um so but it is a very a very good trinket so it's sort of upper middle upper middle we'll say in terms yeah. of maybe trinket rankings so if you have one definitely check it out i think from a healer point of view like questioning epic live should be updated coming up this week if it's not already i know volk was working on an update to that and so you just plug it in and see if it's if it's worth using. Um, actually, both did an interesting thing. You can actually pick the buff you want, which is which is funny. Um, nice. Didn't just focus on one of the healing ones, although almost positive the uh, the AOE healing proc is if you're in raid is probably the best with a single one being the for, for mythic plus. So um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I yeah. So I just wanted to sort of I want to spend some time talking about that because I think when Blizzard does cool things like this, they should be like called out for doing cool things like this even if it's not yeah. like the best trinket ever it's just another i don't yeah. know i think it's cool i think it's cool i feel like they're sometimes slightly more conservative on stuff like this um and it's cool that it wasn't like just plastered in front of you of how to use it there was you know a bunch of people we'll say in the community that spent time like figuring out what to do with it figuring out what was good how the training works all that fun stuff so i think i think like yeah that's a little bit cool but it also would have been nice if there were like some emotes or something kind of cluing you into what was happening instead of it being so opaque like it doesn't need to like list on the item the exact thing that you've trained it to do necessarily although if it yeah. did that would be kind of cool um <laughs> We'd be but, beholden to Blizzard tooltips at that point, which are yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, but having it like emote after you train it to to heal about how it's focused more on healing. Yeah, you know, kind of cluing into it's like changing what it does. Um, and then maybe if you like train it to heal, and then you go and do like a single target training on it. It like comes out and it's confused because yeah. it's expecting to do healing, right? Kind of cluing you in that you're actually like it's not just a a like toy kind of flavor on use, right? It's yeah. actually like a real like we're changing what the trinket does, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That I would I would agree. Although it's I don't know the discovery aspect. I think is always always interesting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the. I guess we didn't really talk. The one thing I know we're sort of wrapping up, but the other thing that we we had on the I think the notes that we didn't really talk about was like the preach video, which I don't think oh, yeah. preach preach set out part two of his video. Which um, if you want, if you like the first one, go watch the second one. It's really cool. I mean, the behind the scenes stuff I think that he's doing, like that whole video series, is probably some of the best like curated like behind the scenes. We'll say like wow content we've ever seen. Like it's very akin. Yeah. At least to me, like it's not as in depth, but it's very similar to like if you've ever watched No Clip, it's another YouTube channel. They do sort of documentaries on stu game studios, so reading that type of stuff. Super cool series. This is very similar to that. Um, but so nothing groundbreaking in there. Watch if you think it's cool. But there was one story about like one of the quest designers putting in like a quest, and then like the quest reference like 
of the NPC being talked to by like a ghost or something. And they yeah. actually put the ghost in the game, like under the ground where like, if you targeted it, you could target it, but you couldn't actually get to it. Um, yeah. And he's like, yeah. it took, he's like, it took years until somebody figured out how to actually like pull the mob out of the ground and then like kite it to Stormwind <laughs> and like ruined, like I guess ruined everything. So they had to patch it out. But, um, but yeah, I think it's like, um, like when Blizzard does like, cool fun things like this that really maybe only they'll get and like if somebody finds it in the world then knows about it through like just like almost like ex- exploration or like you know just you know sort of i guess it is exploration um i think that stuff is always going to be in my mind like the coolest part of playing games like this is like finding that type of stuff um even though i'm never going to be the type of person to spend that much time in this game. <laughs> like, i'm never going to figure out something like this i'm never going to figure out like the secret discord that type of stuff but like I don't know yeah. when they put stuff in like this that yeah. isn't sort of game breaking. You don't have to do it, right? Like, I don't think this trinket is best in slot for anyone, right? Like, uh, you know, it's a very yeah. good trinket if you can get it high enough item level. If you don't have comparable options, but I mean, it's just a a cool thing that like, yeah, like somebody might just enjoy having this trinket because they want their little dragon buddy to pop out and like, fire yeah, and they fireballs. Want, or, like, they want to train their dragon. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, no, yeah, um, it's um, yeah, I really, I really like it. So. There's also so speaking of the preach video, it got super delayed. Like the last time we talked about this was actually like pre-expansion launch, I think, mm-hmm. or like around expansion launch. Um, it got super delayed in part because preach was doing race the world first stuff. But according to uh, the description of the video, it also got delayed because they had a pipe burst in their office. Yeah. So I so I follow preach like at least on Twitter. Right. So, and like Twitter and some of the other socials and like, he posted a couple videos. It was bad. Like yeah. the pipe burst in their office, like above it. So oh, like, no. yeah, they, he showed like a closet where they had like all their equipment. So like camera equipment and other stuff. And it's just like, there's just water on everything. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. It's real. And I think it, it burst because of the cold too, I think over there. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause it was super cold in England. Um, like right before Christmas. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. I feel really bad. That sucks. Cause they had, I think I'm trying to remember the timeline, but I'm almost positive. They like just moved into that office, like two or three, like, in, like in the early fall time or, you know, late yeah. summertime. And so they haven't even been there like that long. Right. Like, yeah. and so like, yeah. then to have that happen, ruin a bunch of stuff, delay getting these videos out, which he seems like super, like the cool thing is, is like, he seems really sincere in going through it. And like, the the couple of points where like he's talking to like particularly it's funny if you Ian if you, the Ian, Ian interview the Ian parts of his like it's almost like he's like man he's it's, brutal <laughs> well that's what I'm thinking like it's almost like he's like hey Ian remember when we had this private conversation six years ago or like five years ago and I said this was a bad idea now I'm gonna ask you on camera if it was a bad idea right like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that it's almost like he he wants to pull the I told you so card in like a nice way right but yeah like yeah it's funny like the Ian stuff is. Like that in particular is pretty, pretty sort of, he's pretty honest. And it's almost like, I, I don't want to, I don't want him to come off rude. Cause I'm, I don't think he comes off rude, but it's almost like they're like good friends. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, hey. I was a little bit surprised at a couple of the questions that they, they showed from the Ian interview. I was like, wow, I would not, I'm surprised that he asked that that way. Like yeah. he, he asked like, you know, uh, the thing about flying is like, it almost seems like kind of prideful for Blizzard and ask Ian to come into them like wow that's a really really bold way to phrase that question yeah because it, it was all around the, the idea of like pathfinder being the way like he's like yeah the last time flying mattered was burning crusade 
And like, or I guess it was really like Wrath of the Lich King was like the last time that it. He, I think he's actually wrong. I think it's actually Kata because like Kata was like new world, like old world flying, right? Yeah, Kata was old world flying. And, yeah. and you, they actually like built all the zones around flying and you like, you went into the Kata zones and you immediately like, you went to like Orgrimmar and you spent like 80 gold and you got your flying for the old world stuff. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then you could, yeah, you could fly, you could go. And I remember doing that. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. flying anyway. over Stormwind the first time, but yeah, that the way he asked those questions to Ian, very I was on the same exact page because like the stuff he when he interviews like Morgan Day and I forget the the art, the art individual the individual that does a bunch of, she uh, might be like the yeah she might be like the lead artist some lead art yeah director art or lead something. yeah, yeah. Art director something um, like that I don't know the official title yeah but he's very sweet to them like very nice like not kids gloves but like not as direct as he is with Ian and similarly like yeah, when, he's with, not pulling punches with Ian though no not at all which I I think probably probably stems from the fact that they have a little bit of a personal relationship, like just him playing for so long and being like in the high end community. So, yeah. um, and he coming from honestly coming from that community, which is funny. Cause like Morgan's pretty much from the same, like Morgan's originally from nerfed. So like, which is like one of the, like was yeah. a fairly progressed guild back in vanilla that they still play, but, um, I mean, they're still a fairly progressed guild. That's um, true. Actually. Yeah. I still watch all of, senses videos on yeah how do fights <laughs> i was just thinking that it's like i've watched senses vods uh kill vods for to study for these fights yeah exactly oh um, um yeah i yeah, know the, the preach the preach video is good it's just i don't it's it's good if you like to see some of the behind the scenes stuff but there was nothing really like groundbreaking i think that he talked through. so something that i wanted to mention um also in the video description they mentioned that the full interviews are up on the like preach gaming site they will be up on youtube eventually um but they're up on the site now for basically people who throw them a buck uh on like patreon or on twitch Mm -hmm. um and i haven't done it yet but i think i'm going to because i'm really curious yeah uh and especially since like they're dealing with like the water damage stuff right that sucks yeah i'm sure they've got like insurance for their stuff right but all that equipment is expensive and even if you get like the finances from insurance to replace it the process of like restoring all your backups and hopefully you've got everything you know fully backed up in a way you can use and just like weeks of lost work yeah and like yeah like yeah the rebuilding process after that sucks so yeah yeah, I was thinking about the two, that too, and like the actual interviews are good, right? Like the questions that he asks are like, they're yeah. not, and and I think this is like what we've said maybe the first, like the, with the first interview, they're not like the cookie cutter questions, right? Like they're very open-ended, like the dragon writing discussion is really good, you know, the... Um, yeah, I was really happy actually. Okay, they talk about dragon writing, they, he asks about dragon writing in terms of like flight, and I'm like in my head screaming like, no, that's wrong, it's way different. And then the people from Blizzard gently correct him and be like, yeah, this is why dragon riding is actually really different from flying because flying is like swimming in air and you just don't interact with the world at all. And then you dragon riding, you're like trying to figure out like, oh, I want to reach here. And so I got to figure out like, okay, where can I start from on my dragon to like get there and land and like uh, matters less when you get all your dragon stuff fully upgraded. But it's like, you still have to interact with the world. You think about elevation, you think about, you know, maybe like hearts develop dragon because it's then going to be oh, easier yeah. to get from like the waking shore down to Azure span because I can like start from a high point and things like that. That's like 
that made me very happy to see that coming from Blizzard to be like, yeah, that's that's this is this is Blizzard on the right track right. to recapture some of the things that made leveling exciting and fun. Well, maybe not exciting, but fun yeah. <laughs> in vanilla and in TBC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That conversation was that part of the conversation was cool too because they also talked about like the world size and the fact that like. Like the largest zone I think they ever did, like previously, was something like forty or fifty like world chunks is the way that they measure yeah. it. And like Azure Span is like a hundred world chunks or something. So it's like yeah. double the size. And the whole continent is like the largest continent, like landmass they've ever put in the game. Right. Um and it sort of plays to that. I think that's the cool thing is that I don't I think it was the Morgan part of the interview where he was like, it almost felt like in in bf starting in bfa and even in shadowlands like yes that the the hubs were literally on top of each other so there was no like negative legion, space like legion was really bad about this too particularly in valshara valshara yeah. was super bad about this the other zones weren't as bad like particularly high mountain and um stormheim had a lot yeah. more negative space where like there's uh, sorry to i, I kind of cut you off your exp- explanation <laughs> of what that is but it's it's the space between the yeah. like well, there's nothing going on towns. it's just like could be like yeah. a rolling hill it should be like a couple of trees yeah. somewhere but there's like not a quest hub there's not a building a point of interest mobs just like open space right yeah yeah so like stormheim and high mountain both have more negative space it's used for questing but like there's a big chunk of storm of a uh, high mountain that's like here's some nesting wary quests yeah. and that's just kind of empty space with animals in it <laughs> yeah exactly exactly there's no hub there so yeah, so they talked I, uh, as a part of it. They were like, "Yeah, we like Dragonflight is their ability to have like because you have to tr- like you go so f- you go move so fast on your dragon. They need to make the world bigger, but that doesn't mean they have to like populate it with a bunch of stuff. So you have a lot more just like yeah. flying over, you know, the plains of Sh- or what is it, Orani, Oshani? I've always forgotten. Uh, Onaran plains. Onaran, not even close. Um, Onaran yeah. plains. Like, there's a lot of just like rolling plains with like pockets of like a couple trees or maybe like a little like grove with like a bunch of trees you know that has stuff in yeah. it so yeah it's um yeah though it's it, the interviews are really good um definitely check them out um they're not groundbreaking in terms of info but it does give you a little bit of like the behind the scenes thought process for how blizzard thinks of things and yeah i mean it's i don't know it keeps i don't know kind of gets me excited for what's coming i'll say um yeah the, the rest of the stuff so yep um well cool i don't i think that was the final final topic yeah. for today yeah do you have anything else I, I think that is it uh so that will be the end of the podcast today thank you all for watching and or listening and if you like this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over on the epica serenity you can do that over at our patreon at patreon.com slash serenity and of course come and join the discord it is the best place to come and learn all about these uh, data mind hot fixes <laughs> for our specs. I didn't even see a Wowhead post about the new Mistweaver ones. Did they miss that, or is Mistweaver just uh, like it was all? It was just a part of their larger data mining post. So okay. like they, they, it was yeah. all like all. I don't think they did one specifically for classes with gotcha. that. Gotcha. Uh, I th- oh, you know what they did. They posted the notes for 10.0.5, the updated notes that Blizzard put out, but they didn't do their own sort of post yeah. on the data mining. There was like a data mining post, and I looked at it, and the Brewmaster stuff was all the same. So I was like, okay, there's nothing to see here. Yeah. It's just like confirming that the changes are actually in. 
But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, Discord, best place to learn about that stuff. But that is going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.